Yet A, this is Calvin. Welcome to episode 25 of the Res Metal Podcast. On this episode, I talk with Kyle Felter of I Don't Conform, or IDK for short. Uh, Kyle Felter and IDK are originally from the Window Rock St. Michael's area, and um, you know are pretty well known, well documented the past few years for their work with uh, Metallica producer Fleming Rasmussen for their uh, debut album, The Sagebrush Rejects. So uh, if you haven't checked that album out, definitely uh, you know give it a listen on uh, pretty much any of the streaming services. Uh, on this episode, you know, we just kind of talk about uh, IDK's uh, history and then just kind of what uh, Kyle's been up to. Um, we talk about the Res Metal documentary and some of his experience uh, recording in Denmark. And then uh, we also, you know, kind of nerd out on Metallica for a little bit. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, I'm going to play a quick clip of uh, I Don't Conform. Uh, this is the song um, Hungry for War. So check it out and then check out the interview right after. Felter here from I Don't Conform on the podcast. Uh, where are you calling from, Kyle? Right now I work in Phoenix. All right. I feel like you don't really need an introduction, but in case anyone is not familiar with you or IDK, can you tell the listeners, um, you know, where you're from, how long you're playing uh, music and all that? 
Okay. Um, where should I start? <laughs> My mom, uh, she likes to say that uh, she's always, since I was in the womb, she would uh, be, she would put headphones on her stomach and blast Iron Maiden, Metallica, Megadeth, Scorpions, you know, uh, Momstein. So <laughs> maybe technically started there. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I was born in Fort, uh, the old hospital, which is torn, torn down now. And I've always kind of been into music. Um, there's a really interesting story and I didn't really know it until I was in like high school when I, I didn't want to take Spanish class. I went to high school. I was like, like, do I really have to learn Spanish? Like, I don't think that <laughs> I don't, I don't want to learn it. I don't, you know, I, I'm not into that. And they were like, well, have you been in honor band before? And I lied to them. I said, yes. And, uh, the weekend of my audition, I had my cousin, uh, Edwin Yazi, he, he passed away. Um, I wrote a song about him on the album time to go to so, so, but anyway, he, he taught me the whole, uh, uh, snare parts to the wonder rock honor band and, and one weekend and I auditioned on Monday and I, I got in the parts. I didn't know how to read music, but I tricked, I tricked the instructor that I did. So that's why I, I think I, I kind of have a interest in this, but the band started in Wonder Rock. Um, me and my cousin, we used to play a lot outside a lot in the snow and the wind. And, and, uh, when I moved to the Valley for work, Maybe about 10 years ago, um, I ran into some members down here and we started jamming and just bounced back and forth, uh, between members and, and until the demo, I listened to your, your podcast about the, the book, the res metal book. Um, <laughs> and then that, uh, that demo on their mosh pit that was with the old singer, um, and that was about, I think, a year or two before we did our whole Europe, a Europe thing. Um, but once the, that band I had in quit on me, um, I ended up moving back to the Res and Winter Rock and reformed with a uh, Randy Billy, who is um, right there between Winter Rock and St. Michael's Mustang Road, and uh, Brett Begay, who was from Fort Defiance, and then we just practice our asses off and wanted to make an album. So that's the album you hear now on the internet, uh, Sagebrush Rejects. Have you been able to uh, check out the documentary, the Res Metal documentary? Yeah, I've, uh, Ashkin sent me a link. I've, I've watched it, um, showed my family. Um, and it's, it's interesting and a little weird to see my face like the entire length of the movie like I had to I cringed on it just because I don't like seeing myself too much um but and this is weird from that, my point of view but everyone who's seen it you know they like it it's put together well yeah I hope uh listeners out there get a chance to check out that res metal documentary um I didn't realize but um before watching it but the documentary uh, really focuses on IDK. Um, was it kind of weird having a camera crew following you guys around? 
<laughs> yeah, our cameraman, which is Ashton. Basically, it was just him. Um, yeah, I didn't know it was just going to be fully focused on us. I mean, um, I tried my hardest to incorporate my friends' bands from the area. Um, try to get them and everybody as much exposure as I could with like Revolver coming out and and the documentary and and so I, when I saw it I was kind of a little surprised by it um, I kind of said I was like um, you guys should have included me in on some of the editing but I guess that's not good filmmaking <laughs> to include one of the main characters in editing it but but yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, um, it was just kind of like thrown at us, and we just went with it. Um, we didn't know who Ashkin was. Um, he actually crossed our path accidentally, um, and we played a couple songs for him live, and he and he uh, he really liked it. And and when the word got out, we were going to Europe to record. That's when he wanted to tag along and record it, document it. So it, it was definitely weird, especially since I was only singing for like less than a year and I never heard my voice at all until I was there in Denmark. Like we play shows on the res and, and this, you know, the sounds never good enough to hear yourself. So I'm basically just yelling and screaming and without hearing my own self until I got to Europe and, when you have a giant camera in your face recording when I was uh, recording fuck your face vocals, it was a little nerve wracking, but, but it came out. Okay. Um, that's why I chose that song, that song for him to record because the word fuck is like my favorite word to say. So I know I can say that decently. <laughs> yeah. Fuck your face is, uh, one of the best songs on that album. Uh, another song I like is the album opener, Hungry for War. Yeah, everybody should definitely uh, check out that album if they haven't. When you worked with Fleming in Denmark, did he share some of his experience with uh, working with Metallica with you guys? Uh, he did. I mean, I didn't want to bombard him. Like I had, I still have thousands of questions, you know. Um, but I didn't want to just, you know, uh, geek out and ask him you know, nothing but Metallica questions. I did ask them plenty. I um, asked them about Cliff Burton and how they recorded. And a lot of it surprised me. You know, I, I hold Metallica on this like pedestal of being like the perfect band, you know, like they can't make mistakes or they never made mistakes. Like they're always perfect. And he tells me that they made the same mistakes we were making recording and made, you know, made us feel better. Um, and as, as far as recording wise, yeah, I mean, I didn't start out looking for Fleming. Um, it's like, if you ever get a chance and as a music listener, um, I had this coworker and we used to talk about music and he invited me over one time and he had a, an old school, uh, record player with some seventies speakers like vintage everything. He had like the original pressed uh, Van, first Van Halen album, uh, Black Sabbath. Um, and we listened to it in his house and it sounded amazing. It sounded like they were jamming around me like I was sitting in the middle of a jam session. That's how clear it sounded. 
So I always wanted my music to sound like that. And when I originally was ready to do an album, it was it's supposed to be the end of my musical that my music journey. Um, I spent a lot of money and a lot of effort and time and people and I was just kind of burned out on it. I just wanted to do an album for when I'm older and say, yeah, I did my own music once. That was it. And, but I wanted that analog, which is how they used to record before computers. Um, so I actually looked up online at work one day. I wasn't even working. I was just, I worked at the, <laughs> the GIMC in Gallup at the time as an IT tech. But for that whole day, I was just researching analog recording and, um, actually my first choice was this place in Albuquerque and I can't remember the name of the place right now, but it would have been a lot cheaper. Um, we could have stayed in the studio there for like a whole week and recorded it. Um, but I, I was looking up notes, on anything to learn about the recording process of that. And I saw this, uh, piece of paper that had the knobs, you know, and angles, temperature, humidity, every little detail was drawn out on a piece of paper. And I, I was like, wow, who, you know, whoever this is knows this stuff and it turned out to be the, the recording production notes for blackened off injustice for all. And that's always been like one of my favorite songs. And, and, you know, I dug a little deeper, got his email and I just sent him a, that demo that you played Moshpit. That was a, the song I sent him. Um, and I mean, no, I think <laughs> I never assumed he would, I never assumed at all that he would respond back or anything like who's going to respond to this, you know, residue about recording songs, you know, and then, but sure enough, a couple of days later he did. And here we are now. <laughs> would you ever consider working with Fleming Rasmussen again? Oh, definitely. I mean, I've already sent him some tracks of new songs and and he's excited to get together and work again. Um, I learned a lot with him. We spent 10 hours a day in the studio uh, for 10 days and, and it was fun. Time flew. But yeah, we are planning that. Um, we just got to get a good amount of songs together and the pandemic slowed us down. He was actually supposed to come out here and to Phoenix and as a type of like a vacation slash um, uh, a little pre-production recording. But the pandemic slowed that down. So now I'm not sure when, maybe, probably maybe next year um, we're thinking about it. But he, he's on board to do the next album. Uh, so that's, it's, it's just one. I mean, it's ex yeah, it's expensive, but I mean, it's the experience that I I did it for. It wasn't. Yeah, I definitely contribute to the crowdfunding for the next IDK album to be produced by Fleming Rasmussen. Uh, did you ever consider getting Bob Rock, the producer of the Black Album? <laughs> no, uh, I think he probably charges five times as much as Fleming would. <laughs> Um, Fleming is the most down-to-earth dude, you know. Um, uh, I mean, Black Album sounds amazing. The production on that is, is amazing, too. But I don't think we have money to spend a whole year and a half in the studio. <laughs>
Yeah, not only would it be expensive working with Bob Brock, but you'd probably need another documentary documenting your therapy sessions, just like the uh, Some Kind of Monster Metallica documentary. <laughs> uh, I, already, I already need therapy. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they, they, the hardest thing about being in a band is keeping a band, keeping the same members and that, um, that chemistry and that relationship, you know, like, that's the hardest thing I think is having the same people for how long they've had, you know, I've, I mean, if Clifton didn't pass, they'd probably still be with him, you know? Um, but you know, that's, that's all part of it. But if I ever get that much money, then yeah, I'll hit a bump. <laughs> Let's go off on a Metallica a tangent right now. What would you say is your favorite Metallica album? Uh, that's uh, that's a question I can never answer. I don't think. Um, I I don't know. I mean, they all have their own characteristics. I mean, like I I'm a huge as everybody knows on the res. You know, it probably negatively they think I'm a big Metallica head, which I am, and I always I always you know fly the flag for them. Um, it's hard to say. I don't know. Like. I learned all their albums from Kill 'Em All to Black Album. Uh, every song, guitar, both rhythm and lead. Uh, I want to say maybe Injustice for All, just because of the 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 aggressiveness of the the production. But I I I, I can't really I can't pick one honestly. People always ask me that. I'm like <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Depends on how I'm feeling. Um, I love the Black Album, you know. People always shit on the Black Album, but but it, it, yeah, it's it's amazing. I love the Black Album too. Uh, I really like the last three songs on the album, um, "The God That Failed" and um, the other two songs. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. A friend of misery. I love I love holier than thou. That's that's. His what he's saying in that I love that you know I, I can listen to the album nonstop beginning to end. I'd have to say my favorite Metallica album is Master of Puppets only because my favorite Metallica song Orion is on that. Yeah, that one's amazing. And then a close second would be Ride the Lightning. You know what was crazy uh, being out there in the studio? Uh, he had the the original reel before it went to. Um, be mixed, mastered of Ride the Lightning, just there on his shelf. Um, um, the actual reel from from '84, and he had production notes, actual handwritten, the actual notes for uh, Ride the Lightning, Master, and oh no, Master Puppets and Injustice for All. He had those two albums, actual production notes with James's actual lyric written sheets um in pencil they're actually like the exact stuff they had when they were doing it just uh chilling in a in a in a folder a binder and we were looking at him and like i was scared to turn the page you know <laughs> i didn't want to tear it or anything and he was like he goes yeah he goes that's here i told him you know they can come get it whenever 
He goes, people offer me six figures for that notebook. He goes, but it's the band, so um, it's always for them to pick up. But it was their actual, like, you see James's doodles and and his lyric sheets and, you know, their guitar amp settings. and like So that was pretty amazing. I'm a big fan of uh, Metallica's uh, history. And one thing about Metallica is that there's so much uh, documentation of their history. I have uh, one of their biographies, and I have the biography of James Hetfield and the biography of Cliff Burton. And one of the reasons they're so well documented is because of uh, Lars Ulrich. I read that Lars Ulrich has every live recording they ever done from when they first started to like their most recent uh, live concerts. So really it's uh, all because of uh, Lars Ulrich. We have so much information. That dude, he knew, he knew something was going to happen, you know? And because of all that documentation, that's why we have all those uh, box sets of Metallica. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, they, uh, they're they going to release the Black Album box set in September. Uh, it's super expensive. It's like $240 plus $50 shipping, so like almost $300. I want all of them, you know. <laughs> um, I was telling Fleming... Uh, because he gets them, they send them, you know, ahead of time for free, of course. And I keep bugging him to send them two so he can send one to me. Um, but yeah, I saw that too. And I was listening to the, the demo tracks and online on their, their Metallica YouTube page. They have, you know, songs and concerts and their, their scratch tracks and all that on there you can listen to. I said this before on this podcast, but um, my introduction to Metallica was actually the uh, song from the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. You know, that song uh, called uh, I Disappear. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where they did it was in Monument Valley, I think. Yeah, the music video was uh, filmed in Monument Valley. Um, But yeah, that was my intro to Metallica just because my parents uh, mostly listen to country. And I think uh, the hardest music that my dad listens to is uh, CCR, you know, Credence Clearwater Revival. That's the that's the most that's the most country I'll go. <laughs> CCR. <laughs> All right, Kyle. I made up a question to ask you. You know how uh, journalists and the music press came up with the big four of thrash metal. Um, I want to ask, uh, what would be your personal big four for thrash metal? Uh, my own personal would be Metallica number one, Slayer number two, Sepultura three, and then Testament four. So, uh, what would be your personal big four of thrash metal? Um, of course, you know Metallica. Um, I do Megadeth, do Pantera. They were thrashy at one point. Um, yeah, the last one's always hard. I have a band called Destruction. You heard of Destruction? Oh, yeah, the German thrash band? Yeah, they were pretty bad, too. Um, I I haven't really gotten into too much to Anthrax. I, I listen to them. Um, uh, Testament's cool, too. I mean, they're, I, th- I think they're better nowadays. <laughs> they sound a lot more. They sound better nowadays. Um, there's so there's so many bands. There's a uh, I don't know if you heard of a band called Oz Fire in the Brain. 
Um, it's a, they're old. They, I don't know if they're considered thrash. They're pretty close, but um, you got to check them out. They only had one. They had a couple albums, um, but they have album Fire in the Brain. That's a good one. That's a, that's a really good one. And I made up another question for you. If you can make up a tour with IDK being part of the tour, uh, which bands would you uh, put together? Um, it could be local, national, any band. Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, for a local or res band? Yeah, let's do res bands. Uh, I'll do IDK, Born a Winner. They've always been they always been cool with us. Always had a good time with them. Um, probably Signal 99. I mix it up a little bit, sound-wise. And... God, there's so many for that last spot. I could do... Oh, um... I was just jamming to them earlier. Um, they're from the Gallup area. Oh, uh, War Motor. Yes, War Motor. Yeah, they're they're freaking badass. They're cool dudes too. I got to see War Motor at the Alien Seven Ten Fest and Gallop, super fast and heavy. Oh yeah, how was that? Overall, it was a good show. It was uh, it was long. It was exhausting. I believe it started at one in the afternoon and went till after midnight. But uh, overall, a really good show. Shout out to all those bands that played at Alien Seven Ten Fest. Did you get to see any of the uh, pictures or videos on social media? I've been, I, I took a break from social media for a while. Um, I'm still kind of doing it. It's kind of takes too much time, you know, like me staring at it. Like I could be playing guitar instead of staring at my phone, looking at the same thing people post day in and day out. I agree. Uh, definitely, if you want to stay productive and you know do things like study or you know work on your own project like your band, uh, definitely taking a break from social media is warranted. Um, so let's talk about uh, the what you were doing prior to the pandemic. The last show I saw IDK was uh, opening for Soulfly uh, last year. Um, so during the pandemic. Have you, were you able to like jam or you know practice uh, with the band? Um, no, I mean our, our drummer he he went in you know he kind of went to hibernation a little bit and we didn't see him at all until about a couple weeks ago. He's finally we started jamming again and everything was shut down and I was practicing at home, but you know I. I uh, legitimately play music to stress relief, you know, um, and I wasn't able to, because during the week I go to open mics, you know, every week or I try to, um, and I wasn't able to do anything like that, and I started getting, you know, kind of depressed, and, you know, and it was just bottling up, and there's a place called Band Oasis down here in, in Mesa, and they're one of the coolest people. They have their own uh, rehearsal studio space, and they let me rent a room out, and I have all my equipment in there, and I, I was just cranking it every couple days. <laughs> and that helped me relieve some of my tension I had. Um, but just playing guitar a lot, working on some things, and 
we finally started practicing again. Um, feels good to jam with a full band. And the new songs are, you know, that's what we're mainly doing now. We have our old ones down pretty good. So it's, it's good. And we're pretty much just throwing our own little jam shows for people. Um, trying to get back into the, 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 the show track everywhere. You mentioned that you moved to the Valley uh, from the Wonder Rock area. Can you kind of talk about uh, the differences in like getting shows booked? Is it harder booking shows uh, out there in the Phoenix area versus the reservation? Not really. I mean, we never really got offered shows back home anyway, either. Uh, the shows we played on are pretty much the shows that I had to throw myself. Um, like a lot of them was at the Winter Rock Park when we were trying to raise money to go to Europe. Um, we've got a couple shows here and there, but uh, we never really got invited to play a lot of the venues back home or Gallup or when they have shows at, uh, like the sports center in Winter Rock or I, I pretty much have to throw it myself to perform somewhere and kind of the same down here. Like everybody, there's so many people, there's so much traffic, you know, um, and a lot of venues have closed down. So it's, you know, you kind of just, you're waiting a little bit. Like they, they booked, they booked two venues up all the way up to October already, you know, uh, in Phoenix, they've been, they've been booked already. And, so there's there's no chance of really getting in there. So it's it's a little difficult, but um, not too focused on it. Like we're just working on the new stuff to record the new stuff, and and if we get offer a cool show here or there, we're, we're down to take it. That's cool. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, me and all the people listening can see IDK live either on the reservation or in the Phoenix area. How can uh, listeners uh, support and spread the word for IDK? You can share. If you listen to the music, share it, you know. Um, I, I, I never wanted to charge for it. Like, I, I was just, I wasn't really going to put it online, the, the album, after we recorded it. Because um, it was something that was kind of for myself, you know. But, uh, we have people around the world that heard about us, wanted it, so that's why I ended up putting it online. Um, we may or may not be traveling overseas in November to play at a a, a festival that that is yet to be seen, but it's a possibility right now. Um, depends on how COVID gets. It seems to be supposedly getting worse right now, so I'm not sure. Um, uh, merch. We're working on new merch, uh, shirts, and other little duties here and there. Um, you know, stop by the IDK page on Facebook, and you know, leave a comment or something. And that's that's about it, really. Yeah, we're we're always around no matter what, so you can engage with us anyway. You know, send a message or send a comment. You know, let us know you're listening. That's all that matters do you guys have any live shows uh planned for the phoenix area um yeah in two weeks and maybe 
throwing one here in in uh, Tempe or Mesa. So follow the band page for that. Um, there's a lot of uh, it's kind of <laughs> a lot of stuff I can't really say yet. Maybe we should do like a a podcast too in a couple months. You know, um, um, there's so many stories, man. Like yeah, you know, when just us trying to get to Denmark is that was a hell of a journey. Yeah, I'd be down to do a part two just to give everyone an update on how the band's been doing. We are supposed to play Tucson on the 14th of August, which is a Tuesday, but uh, it depends on the touring band. There may be a an African metal festival next year um, that we may be traveling to Botswana for. I'm not sure yet, but it's all maybes right now. But, you know, if <laughs> the ticket's there, then why not? Yeah. That's cool. Hopefully IDK gets to travel out there. Anyway, Kyle, thanks again for doing this, man. Uh, take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I actually had to re-record my part of the interview because I didn't hook up my mic all the way. So the audio from the uh, original recording was very low on my part. So I just had to re-record uh, my part of the interview. So hope that is not too much of an inconvenience uh, for this podcast. Anyway, I'd like to thank Kyle again for doing this interview. I hope everyone checks out IDK's album, Sagebrush Rejects. You can listen um, on almost all the streaming services. Also, be sure to follow IDK on the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, so that you can look out for upcoming IDK shows. Right now, I'm going to play the track, uh, Time to Go. Uh, Kyle mentioned this in their interview. The song is in honor of uh, Edwin Yazzie, Kyle's cousin, who also played in IDK. Uh, Also, I'll play uh, Fuck Your Face, the closing track of uh, Sagebrush Rejects. So check it out. Take care. Be safe. Yeah.
Yeah.